Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer, still out in New Orleans. And we are looking at a four-game slate on Thursday night here. Some pretty fun matchups, though. In this one, we're taking a look at Dallas playing host to Boston. We'll see what those home road splits can do for each team. Also got another game up and our player props, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us each and every weekday this season. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all the written content we have up there about everything we're talking about here. Uh, And also have our odds finder tool that you can use to make sure you're getting the best juice on all those U.S. sports books offering you NBA odds this season. Nate, let's get into this little slate here and then talk C's and Mavs. Yeah, I mean, you said it. It's it's a four-game slate. It's easy to pick the two games that you want to watch and that you want to bet on, and those are the games we're going to talk about here. Memphis is on a back-to-back. They're minus seven at Orlando. Um, you know, after smashing Charlotte, you think they might do it again, but who knows? <clears throat> Utah is minus seven at Houston. Some weird splits with that team. The other game we break down, Clippers are plus five at the Nuggets, total of 228. And then right now we have the Celtics minus two and a half or minus three at Dallas with a 232 total. And, I mean, if you follow the Celtics, I don't know if if you believe that this line is is correct at all, um, considering how they've played on the road lately. I mean, there is a bounce back factor <clears throat> after how poorly they played at OKC two nights ago without SGA, uh, giving up 150 points somehow in, in a classic kind of letdown spot. Sure, but, I mean, they've been bad on the road for, for weeks and in, in lost four of their last five on the road, their only win over the lowly Lakers. Um, <clears throat> prior, They have been going over in their last few because of because of terrible defense, but... Prior to that, under in 10 straight on the road. And anytime you talk about Dallas at home, you got to look at an under a little bit, even though they've gone over in four straight at home. So I think that's where you're getting the value, like to look at these two competitive games and say Dallas-Boston at 232, Clippers-Nuggets four points lower. I would definitely switch those. I I mean, I think that's those are the wrong lines for each game, just based on the pace and style that we should see. Again, you know, we'll talk about the Clippers if their guys play, whatever. Everybody's supposed to play for Boston tonight. Um, And and Dallas, you know, still missing those pretty key defenders in Kleba and Finney Smith. So I, I guess that's the reason we think they won't be able to defend. And there is some huge variance here because of these teams hoisting 40-plus threes a game. Um, So anything can happen. I don't think it's a huge bet if you're going to take the under, if you're going to follow me on that. But the trend I see here is that when Boston faces a team that has a low assist rate, uh, Memphis, Chicago, Toronto, the Clippers twice, they post a much better defensive rating and and their game goes under. Um, Dallas has one of the lowest assist rates in the league, of course, because it's just so much Luka iso ball. It's the third lowest, in fact, when they're at home. Um, and Dallas has a trend of, I mean, first of all, not winning against the East this year. But that's a lot of not taking those teams seriously. Strangely, they've won two against the Knicks and lost 10 straight against every other team in the East so far. But I think they will take Boston seriously. I mean, we just saw Boston kind of have this revenge narrative where they lost at the Clippers, come back home, get the rematch, the only other chance to get that team, and they win. <clears throat> the way Luca's playing right now, <clears throat> I don't think uh, I'm willing to take to bet against him. Um, but I am willing to bet 
on just, yeah, a little bit of that variance I'm talking about. On Dallas's three-point defense, which is much better at home, eighth best, in fact, five percentage points better than when they're on the road. Keeping the Celtics down a little bit <clears throat> in terms of what they can do. And Boston's three-point defense, which has been unsustainably bad in their last few, including giving up 50% to OKC, <clears throat> which is a low assist rate team. You know, I'm talking about that, that theme. When SGA is playing, he was not playing. All of a sudden, the ball's humming around, um, and, and it was a different situation. But just keying in on Luka, who has gotten his against the Celtics. Like, don't get me wrong, but that's the kind of defense that they want to – that's the kind of defense they want to play. Is like, all right, Luka, you get your 42. Nobody else is getting theirs. And that's how they're going to try to keep this game, I think, below 110. And, you know, we'll see who pulls it out. I'd rather have the home team with plus three than the Celtics at this point, uh, for sure. But I think right now the smartest bet is the under. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's really just a matter of if this, which Celtics team are we going to get. The one that's played Dallas so well on defense over their last roughly like four matchups, or are we getting the Boston team that's, you know, just gave up 150 points to a team without SGA, including like three guys that I'm sure most NBA fans have never heard of scoring twenty over 20 points in that game, right? Including Isaiah Joe, who had like 18 in the first half. Go ahead and Google Isaiah Joe for you, you conservative NBA, or, you know, you casual NBA fans. But I will say... I kind of believe a little bit more in Dallas winning or you know winning. If I'm going to take the plus three for Dallas at home, I'm going to take the the, the money line, to be honest with you. Um, and and the reason I'm feeling good about that, and, and I feel good about the under as well, because of everything you just said about the matchup for the Celtics defense versus the way that Dallas plays uh, offense, right? And, and Luka ball. Um, but, but I also don't believe in Boston right now at all on the road. Um, I, I actually, before I saw SGA was out, uh, welcome to the NBA, modern day NBA, where guys are in and out minutes before the game. I bet on the Thunder at like plus nine because I was like, what? Like, are you guys watching Boston play right now? Uh, and then and I looked at him not in there and I was like, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not cashing that out. I'm just going to let it ride. Uh, and to my you know, surprise, they, they scored 150 points on the C. So that, that's kind of where I'm at with them right now. After a loss, um, they are, you know, you talk about maybe coming back. They're five and six against the spread. Uh, they're failing to cover by about eight points uh, in those games as well after those losses uh, that they have 11 of this season. So uh, on the road, this is just it's not a prime position for them to, I think, turn around whatever it is that's just afflicting them. It's, it's kind of Jason Tatum's shooting a little bit uh the last like three or four games he's been a bit off uh but Jalen Brown's also made up for that and Tatum's still getting points because of sheer volume um and the amount that he's, he's shooting and he's still getting close to 30 uh he's, he's just sort of uh, the offense gets a bit stalled when it seems like he's deferring a bit more right now um and, and doesn't I don't know just the last three games that I've been watching Tatum hasn't had the same level of confidence that I feel like he, he had in his MVP campaign so far this season so um you know looking at the the, the past matchups though with you know pretty much everybody playing who you expect to play tonight sans christian wood who, who's an addition obviously for, for the mavs um in you know in dallas especially uh those totals have been down a bit right and in the, the the last one in boston uh they had their sort of surgence earlier this season where they were just scoring you know 125 to 140 points a game at home so I, I don't know how much stock you put in that i put a lot more stock in the fact that those road splits for them are just so atrocious right now uh, i believe a bit more in dallas's ability to just have their role players contribute enough 
to win this game. Um, but I don't like 232 uh, unless you're going uh, under at this point. Yeah, I mean, the previous four matchups did go under between these teams and way under a total like this uh, because neither team was really able to get it going from beyond the, uh, beyond the arc. And they're extremely three heavy Three dependent teams, uh, Boston in the last two in Dallas hit just 10 threes per game at 30%. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the concern, certainly. And it's just kind of that herky-jerky style, I think, that, that Luka uh, impacts the game with that throws everybody a little bit off their rhythm, even on the other side of the court, too, because Dallas plays at that pace and they dictate pace at home. Yeah. Sometimes it's as low as like a 94 pace, and then – you're not getting the touches, the, the, you know, Boston at home, they're able to dictate and really get the ball zipping around with their five out. That's why, how they were scoring so much at the beginning of the season. And when it gets a little choppy, yeah, they, they've struggled to, to hit their shots. Um, and, and you look at, you know, how Dallas reacts when they get a good Eastern conference team coming to their house too. I mean, last season when they were the home dog, they were 11 and three to the under. Uh, going under by seven points per game and 11 of their last 12 home games against the other conference went under uh, again, you know, going way under like these games, are like 107 98. I think you might have a little bit more of a sweat here if you are going to follow us on that under, but I, I do think unless there's some, some, you know, ridiculous threes hit here um, or, or an overtime situation that we will, we, we will stay under 232. And it's a, a wonderful and time to sort of, harp on the point that you made that there's going to be variance when these two teams play. Um, they're both hoisting up, right? Like in the top three in terms of uh, field goal attempts from deep that they, they both rely on it. And, and for Boston, I mean, for good reason, you can talk about the, the way that, that the Mavs play um, with Luca. And if you, if you want, would there be, would they be better off with a better second fiddle than, than, I don't know, Spencer Dinwiddie and or Christian Wood um, probably. But the point is, is they make themselves easier to guard for a team like the Celtics. Um, it's just at home. Is Reggie Bullock going to go one of eight from three, or is he going to hit three more of them, right? Is Tim Hardaway Jr. streaking on one of his, you know, six weeks of shooting 42% from three, or is he down to that 30%? You know, that's really it, man. And um, and unfortunately, like, even Christian Wood now has, has joined in. He's always been a three-point chucker, um, but continue to join in in those barrages and enjoying shooting from out there as well. So I just, I think that in, in that respect, you take, de- you know, the, the, the total is a little bit less reliable, like you're saying um but dallas to be able to like close this game out uh and sort of handle business be better at home and the celtics worse on the road that's just where the money lies at plus three there's plenty of value there so and then we get to the clippers plus five at denver um and as always you got to stay on top of the injury news with the clippers it's going to be a late start um in their last game Kawhi was the late scratch now we have pg questionable with the hamstring um i mean if you want to bet on Denver and and just assume that one of those guys or both is suddenly going to be a late scratch, I I don't I, I don't think that's a bad approach. This is a front end of a back to back for both teams. Uh, Clippers have to go up to Minnesota tomorrow, and that's kind of a tough travel spot. Of course, they are four and one in the last five ends of of, of front ends of back to backs, but against like really bad opponents, and you know some of them they had to claw. For a win, uh, like that game against Detroit, which I think I should address off the top here, is that my my biggest take is that the Joker's going to eat here uh, and the Nuggets offense is going to continue their ridiculous efficiency 
at home. Um, you know, you look at the game log for bigs against the Clippers recently. Bam, 31 and 13. Miles Turner, 34 with Halliburton diming him up. Siakam, 36 points. Uh, I Beef Stew and Jalen Duren in that Pistons game, both uh, combining for about 30 points with Killian Hayes dropping 11 dimes to them. And then, of course, Embiid, a monster line. So it all adds up to the Clippers giving up the, the most points per game to centers in their last seven. And now you're facing Joker, who has, of course, roasted the Clippers um, last four, 30, 14, and eight. No problem with with Zubats. Um, and, for you know, all those big lines I'm talking about, they're mostly with Kawhi and PG playing. And Ty Lue's got some tough decisions to make. He's, he almost has, like, sees too many wings at his disposal and not enough, you know, like tough to tough, versatile defenders like Mook Morris kind of over the hill at this point, maybe like five years ago, he could be your small ball five and, right. and, and be that tough force there against the pick and roll. But yeah, I mean, they're getting roasted and, and on the road, there are a lot of numbers indicating the over for the Clippers, most notably that their offense has stepped up to the challenge because their defense has been worse and they're somehow third in offensive efficiency on the road, somehow dead last at home. Um, so, I mean, like, like I said in the Celtics video, 228 for this game and 232 for the Celtics game, I, I feel like those are wrong, both of them. Um, and I would take the over on this one for sure. Um, the way that the Nuggets are playing, of course, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful offense to watch. Um, you know, they've gone over in five of their last six I believe now. Um, and of course, yeah, if Joker's going to have his way and Jamal Murray's also going to be out there, uh, I, I think we continue to see some great offense from now. I look at their team total as well as the, the over under the over under in general here, uh, unless you're scared that Kawhi or PG might suddenly sit, then you're still safe with just the team total. Yeah, I guess that that's the question too, though, is like with Kawhi and PG, I mean, the offensive rating of the team obviously goes up, um, but they're also better on defense. You've got two of the best wing defenders in the league. This is a team in Denver, like you said, I, I mean, wing defense is important, um, not necessarily specifically three-point defense. Uh, there, there aren't quite as many three-point shooters on this team this year as you've seen in the past around Joker. Um, but there's just plenty of guys who cut to the basket super duper well. Uh, and, and points in the paint, not necessarily a problem for um, for the, the Clips. Uh, they, they are still like, you know, better in top half of the league in terms of allowing, uh, not allowing points in the paint on the road especially. But like, it's not necessarily like this is your normal team getting points in the paint. I, I would say this isn't just one guy backing you down and getting buckets. Although I would argue this is the best or second best guy at backing you down to get buckets between he and Embiid. Uh, and then passing off of that as well, where the clips do give up a ton of assists um, to, to uh, uh, centers as well as points in the, in the bottom five of both of those categories on the whole season. As you mentioned, most points to centers over their last seven games um, or seven days rather, I should say. But uh, you know, I, I do like an, over when you look at the bench scoring a lot of times we talk about who's gonna you know is this game gonna stall out when the, the second unit comes in fourth best offensive rating for the, the clips bench sixth best for the, the nuggies bench um so i think you feel pretty good about that 
I don't have much to go off of as far as the matchup in the last five times that they've played because neither PG or Kawhi have played in any of those games. Denver did win all five of those games, sometimes handily, uh, you know, most of the time by, you know, at least like five, six points, if not double digits. Um, And even when Kawhi and PG did play like two years ago against this team, um, neither of them put up great stats. 44% field goal percentage for Kawhi on just 19 points and then uh, 33% from the field for PG. Uh, on 17 a game um, and 17 field goal attempts a game. So needing 17 points on 17 attempts is not great. Uh, neither of them getting to the line. So, I mean, Denver doesn't really foul. They have a pretty good uh, opponent f- you know, free throw attempt rate. They are uh, not quite going over at home, I will say, um, not because they're not scoring and not because their games are not averaging a lot of points. I believe on the road, their games are averaging like 231 or so. It was like they're, they're scoring like 213 or so in their last re- bout of games there. And then giving up, uh, yeah, it's 122 to 114. So like 130, 236 totals. And there's only, they've gone over four times, right? Like four and four to the over in their last eight, despite scoring 122 points a game and allowing 114. Like those are just high totals. And so this one uh, is much lower because of that Clippers defense. Um, but it's not like it's the same Clippers defense that scares you uh, the way that it has, you know, in, in the past. They, they are doing things certain well that, uh, that Denver likes to do on offense. They are limiting uh, free throw attempts, which is good. They're obviously they have a really good opponent field goal percentage because they're just hot. They do try really hard all over the floor uh, and do a good job of not fouling when you get there. Um, they do limit, you know, offensive rebounds as well for other teams as a pretty good rebounding team. But this is a different story in terms of rebounding team. Like Denver is one of the best rebounding teams in the league, when, especially on the offensive side when you have Aaron Gordon uh, and Michael Porter Jr. both flying in. Uh, when they're both in, they're really really scary in that in that sense, r- running rim to rim as well. So I think all of that leads to pace. We always love to pick on Michael Porter Jr. and say when he's in, they're likely to score more. They're definitely likely to give up more. So all that really helps us out there. Um, and yeah, I, I just expect another big game from the Joker. He's been putting up 30 and 13 in the last five against this team. I don't know why Kawhi or PG are going to come in and change too much of that. Maybe they're able to limit some assists because of their wing defense with those guys in. But I'm still feeling good about the game flow getting us uh, you know, over uh, 228 in this game. Yeah, I would have a hard time imagining Denver scoring below 118 or something in this matchup as they have at home, like you said, against anybody. And I don't think the total's that low because of the Clippers' offense, uh, defense. I, I mean, I think it's because uh-huh. the first month of the year they were the worst offensive team in the league. Right. And, and now they're much better. Um, and it's not just Kawhi and PG. you got Norm Powell. you got Luke Kennard playing well, uh, mixing it up with that second unit. And I think that's a big... Uh, note to, to think here with the over two, because as soon as Joker sits, all of a sudden, you know, Denver just bleeds points. Um, so I think you're going to get one of those situations where the second quarter helps you keep, keep the pace up, keep the scoring up. And then we go into halftime and you're already at like 140 for the total. Uh, you know, I, I definitely see it happening that way here with the Western Conference game, regular season game, uh, front end of the back to back, not going to be high intensity like like in the playoffs uh, when, you know, these teams did play, of course, lower scoring games. But yeah, you look at the last regular season meetings without Kawhi and PG and the Clippers posting a 120 offensive rating and scoring 116 yeah. without those guys. And Kawhi not scoring a ton in his last four regular season against Denver, but his efficiency is off the charts. And, you know, yeah. we talk about him just being 
a tough shot maker, even if they put Aaron Gordon on him or anything, like he's he's still going to keep your offense on pace. And the Clippers clearly know that they're going to have to score to keep up to match the Joker and company. Yeah, and it's though I, I don't I don't think we really harped on enough the, uh, the the sort of trend for the Clips on the road as well. Like you said, you worry about their offense coming along for the ride. It's only a 228 total. I say only in the modern day NBA. That's an only. Um, but they're 13 and seven to the over on the road are the clips. Uh, they're going over by about seven and a half against, against that total each time uh, scoring about 114 on the road versus 105 at home. Right. So somehow, as you, as you noted uh, in, in some of our notes, their third offensive, uh, they are, have the third best offensive efficiency at home and the absolute worst uh, 30th at, on, uh, um, excuse me, other way around third best office offense efficiency on the road. Uh, worst at home so like I don't, maybe they hated crypto.com or whatever uh, at this point they, they a name change was anti the clips were anti name change but they are just not played well in that building on offense I even look Kawhi's played the same amount of games on the road as he has at home this season there's no weird splits there so they're just better uh, and playing a bit faster on the road so I think we can rely on that one here as well you're listening to the lines.com podcast network Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Remember when they were calling Ivica Zubac the white wilt for a couple weeks because uh, of the lines he put up? Oh, that's One day, uh, yeah. That's not... Not a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, the, the Clippers cannot defend bigs. They cannot defend the pick and roll. Uh, I talk in the game video about some of the huge lines they've given up to big men in their last few games and, and given up the most points per game to centers over their last seven. Also, the fifth most assists per game to centers on the season. Um, so enter the Joker who has roasted this team to the tune of 29 points and 15 rebounds in his last six outings against Zubac and company. Um, I'm going with the points and rebounds. The assists are down against the Clippers, um, you know, seven and a half, like I said. So I don't really want to tack on 10, which is what you need for the entire PRA. But between the points and the rebounds, I mean, he's he's usually a, a threat to give you 15 boards. So even if he doesn't get to his points prop, I think this one's going to hit for sure. I, I mean, but last six at home, he is scoring a ton, uh, 28 0.7 points per game. Again, like 15 rebounds and 12 dimes. And that's on a relatively low 29% usage rate. I mean, it's not the same usage it was the last couple of years when he was the only guy out there for the Nuggets in the sense. Um, it's within the team context. and But I, I think tonight, especially if Kawhi and PG both play, the team is going to need to score uh, down low with the big man. They're not going to score as much on the wing. He's going to need to get more of, uh, of a, a, make more of an impact with his scoring. And then with LAC, it's rebounds are going to be pretty easy to come by. Um, as, I mean, they're 29th in their total rebound percentage in their last three, 21st in field goal shooting on the season. So 
I, I think, yeah, the points and rebounds here seem very safe for the Joker. Yeah, I mean, and, and I really like the rebounds too uh, in a game that I think we expect to have a few more points as we were talking about an over in that one. Um, I think it's 11 and a half right now on DraftKings for him to get over that. It's only minus 120, uh, so a few worse odds there. But if you do like the rebounds, I mean, he's been getting about 14 against Zoo in his last uh, four or five <clears throat> matchups against the man. So I, I feel pretty good about him dominating that matchup all over the floor for sure. Um, second one here, we got to take under on a Rook, uh, Paolo Boncaro. Definitely loved picking him at the beginning of the season. Knew he would surprise a few people uh, after watching him in Summer League and such. But uh, I think that rookie wall is starting to hit. If you go under that, uh, you get pretty good odds at minus 115. Uh, most places for, for Paolo to go under the 22 points tonight. In his last seven, uh, about 18 a game on 39% from the field. Uh, he was shooting much, much better, obviously, than that on the season. Closer to about 48 uh, prior to those seven. And then five free throw attempts a game is another situation that uh, he, he's been getting to the free throw line at a really surprising rate he was setting some some pretty nice uh records actually with the amount that he was like being efficient uh from all over the floor getting to the line other the only other guys that were getting to the line as much as him as as a rookie uh were like Melo and uh lebron and uh, that guy that you were talking about named wilt um but this is another situation where they're playing memphis been the best defense in the league essentially for the last like 10 games or so um and, and definitely a top three defense all season long especially when they have triple j uh you can kind of look at paolo as you, you kind of pointed out to me paolo oftentimes tries to play a little bit like a baby Zion with a, with a jump shot from 15 feet out as opposed to not having one. Um, not quite the same strength and speed, but like a guy that likes to sort of bowl over and get to the rim, you can expect him to see Triple J waiting for him uh, at the rim after, as soon as he gets there. Might even just put Dylan Brooks on uh, Paolo and then as soon as he gets inside the paint, wait for, you know, tri Triple J's waiting with that incredible timing. Um, and yeah, those, those types of players, power forwards, have struggled against Memphis for a reason. Don't come down low if you don't, if, unless you're ready to take the pain uh, that Triple J and Steven Adams are willing to bring you. That's why uh, power forwards uh, on other teams are scoring for the fourth fewest amount of points this season uh, against the Grizzlies. And it's just a, a really bad situation where I, I would expect Paolo's uh, total, especially with Franz Wagner returning tonight, taking some of that usage from him after a few games out, like you would expect Paolo's uh, prop to be a lot closer to like 18 and a half. So I feel good about the under 22. Yeah, and Wendell Carter may be off his minutes limit at this point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Magic are back to being a little bit more balanced. And when Franz was out there, yeah, you saw some of these weak lines from Paolo. But really, it's more about what Memphis can do defensively. I was trying to convince you that this was a, a good play. And I think by showing you that, that Zion's averaging 17 a game in two versus Memphis and Triple J this season, uh, that might convince you that, you know, Paolo is not him um, in terms, you know, if they can limit him, then, uh, then they should be able, if they, if they make Paolo the priority and they're, they're up for it on a back-to-back, -back, they should hold him down here tonight. Um, I'm looking at a guy who's just getting buckets and not worrying about much else. Jalen Brown, yeah. 29 points or more in six straight, regardless of the situation, because the Celtics have fluctuated wildly. And even in, though in that game video, we like under for the game. I like over for Jalen at 26 and a half points. Uh, pretty good odds there at FanDuel. I mean, he's averaging 32 points per game in just 33 and a half minutes in his last six uh, because the C's haven't been in that many competitive games. This one probably will be close throughout. Uh, Dallas probably unlikely to blow them out. And look, he has a 35% usage rate in that span. That's just way up from the last few years. You look at his last two in Dallas, he got 27 points per game on just a 29% usage rate. Now it's very much 
the Celtics leaning on their dynamic duo. Um, and those guys have expanded their game. Jalen, even though he's not even hitting threes, which is good because Dallas is good at guarding the line at home. Um, I believe he has the, the best deep mid-range um, percentage in the league. Um, you know, he's right up there with, with Durant in terms of his ability to score at that mid-level. Um, and Dallas has no rim protection right now, um, I mean, or ever. Uh, so, I mean, he, he should be able to get his. I like I like when the, the Cs are coming off a loss and, and you, you need somebody to respond. Um, that Jalen is that that guy, and actually, this six game heater started when they were coming off a loss against Minnesota, or three straight losses, and we were like, "Take Jalen, he's going to get them right." He had thirty one against Minnesota, and he's been red hot ever since. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, there there's some some decent um, opportunities for some some game theory and some contrasting uh, parlays, maybe where if you like Jalen to score over 27, but you like under 233 for this game, that's got to be a nice uh, parlay. If you like Jalen over 27 and you like under in the game, then you probably also like under on Jason Tatum. A little scarier because these guys still score like 58 to 60 a game. Just throwing some things that might get you some juice. I also just have my eighth grade AAU basketball coaches words just ringing in my ears when you talk about deep twos. Like you get pulled immediately if you shoot a two from right inside the three-point line back then. But guys like Jalen Brown, uh, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, they all have that green light no matter what. So uh, yeah, Jalen's just on one right now, man. He's playing both ball too just like put somebody on him that isn't as big as he is uh and that that dude's cooked and toast so uh no matter how you put it i, I do like Jalen, despite some some decent matchups on defense for dallas um still like like we said uh, i think this is a good good opportunity for to keep riding him um finishing things off with a guy i don't believe we've talked about this season the youngster jabari smith on those rockets uh we're talking about six and a half boards for the long lanky guy you get that plus 110 at mgm definitely use that odds finder tool to make sure you find out that that's where you can get the best juice for it um it's all about if he gets minutes right uh and really they're playing utah tonight sometimes utah does run out three bigs that's because Laurie Markkinen and Kelly Olenek are considered bigs because they're both very tall. Um, but I still think it's a good matchup for him as Utah is such an awful rebounding team as well. Um, and Jalen so far uh, versus Dallas last um he had 32 minutes there, 31 minutes versus NOLA uh, over the course of those last two games. So with those, you know, that 31 and a half minutes a game that he's been getting as of very recently, uh, he's been putting up 12 and a half points and nine boards in that time. So, I mean, if he's going to continue to get the run, he, continue to show that he deserves the run, I, I think he continues to get it, right? Uh, especially in a game where Utah, especially on the road, just putrid on defense. Uh, they, they're 20th in terms of allowing uh, field goal percentage. Uh, 21st, or I'm sorry, they're shooting, uh, they're, they're shooting an awful field goal percentage on the road as well it's just they play at a pretty fast pace they're 21st in allowing uh rebounds on the road as well um and they're just they're scoring just 113 a game missing a ton more shots as we say with that awful field goal percentage versus the 121 that they're putting up at home as we see them you know have those like 245 point totals at home it's not quite the same on the road for this team so there's gonna be opportunities for the rook to get a, a few uh, definitely over six boards in this one yeah, I mean, Houston's got to give him a look. Uh, I mean, a more of a consistent look like we've seen with the minutes lately. They are starting to be like, you know, you know, number two overall pick. Let's see if he could be a consistent force down low. And this is the matchup. Yeah, like you said, if Kelly and, and Marketing are both out there, you got to have the right matchups to defend them. And, and he's a 6'10 versatile defender, right. which is why he went second overall. So, yeah, put him out there, see if he can grab some boards and Utah much worse offensively on the road. 
Yep, we're just fading uh, Utah's def- uh, interior presence uh, as much as we can. So another big man to uh, to take advantage of with a pretty low rebound total for a guy like you said that that's going to be getting some minutes in this one, even if there is a blowout. So uh, we'll see. But that is all the time we have for you in our player props today. Make sure to like and subscribe to, the, to that page so you can check out the other couple game videos we have up for you as well. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop.